I'd like to take a moment to let you all know about a new nonprofit organization started by my brother Craig. It's called Treats and Truth. They fill oversized brown lunch bags with snack items, chips, crackers, popcorn, cookies, etc. Also, a bottle of water, toothbrush, toothpaste, sanitary wipes, and most importantly, a small gospel tract book of John. No cigar? I'll have to talk to him about that. The bags are then hand-delivered to the homeless and people in need in and around the Los Angeles area. Let's help get this ministry off the ground. They're a 501c3 tax-exempt organization, so any and all donations are tax-deductible and greatly appreciated. Visit their website at treatsandtruth.org. Check out the show notes for the link. Also, please follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you. Welcome to episode 120 of the Burning Bush Podcast, where we share the message of the Bible while enjoying a good cigar. Hope you're doing well, and I'm glad you've joined me. Today, we're reading the New Testament book of Matthew chapter 21, with commentary from the notes in the Charles Spurgeon Study Bible, and I'm smoking the Perdamo Habano Bourbon Barrel Aged Maduro in the Epicure Toro 6x54 Vitola. So let's go over to the Perdomo website and see what they have to say. The Perdomo Habano Bourbon Barrel-Aged Maduro features an oily, six-year-old bourbon barrel-aged Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro wrapper that blends perfectly with the six-year-aged Cuban seed Nicaraguan filler tobaccos, offering a sweet complexity with slight hints of cocoa and dark-roasted coffee on the finish. And the wrapper is Nicaraguan Maduro. Binder and filler are both Cuban seed Nicaraguan. Strength is medium to full-bodied. Taste is rich and robust. Finish, hints of chocolate and coffee. And the suggested pairings are scotch and bourbon. And the Vitolas are Habanito, 4x38. Robusto, 5x54. Epicure, 6x54, Gordo, 6x60, Torpedo, 6.5x54, and the Churchill, 7x54. And it did receive a 90 rating from Cigar Journal. And that is the Perdomo Habano Bourbon Barrel Aged Maduro. So let's get back into this week's reading of the book of Matthew, chapter 21. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, the ESV. And verse 1 reads, 
Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble, and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. And Spurgeon comments on verse 5, Tell daughter Zion, See, your king is coming to you, gentle, and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. There was an expectation in the mind of the common Jewish people that the Messiah was about to come. They expected him to be a temporal king, one who would make war on the Romans and restore to the Jews their lost nationality. There were many who, though, did not believe in Christ with a spiritual faith, nevertheless hoped that perhaps he might be to them a great temporal deliverer. Indeed, we read that on one or two occasions, they would have taken him and made him a king, but he hid himself from them. There was an anxious desire that somebody should lift the standard of rebellion and lead the people against their oppressors. Seeing the mighty things Christ did, they imagined he would probably be able to restore the kingdom to Israel and thus to set them free. The Savior, at length, saw that it was coming to a crisis. For him, it must either be death for having disappointed popular expectation, or else he must yield to the wishes of the people and be made a king. We know which one he chose. He came to save others, and not to be made a king himself, in the sense in which they understood him. We must not imagine that all those who threw the branches in the way and cried, Hosanna, cared about Jesus as a spiritual king. No, they thought he was to be a temporal deliverer. So it was necessary that the prophecy should be fulfilled in the passage quoted, Zechariah 9.9, and it was also necessary that he should make a public claim to be the son of David and the rightful heir of David's throne. And this he did on this occasion. But Christ's kingdom is a different one from what the people expected. It was and is totally different from anything that has ever been seen or ever will be seen in this world. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put, them, put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. 
And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read? Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise? And leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. In the morning, as he was returning to the city, he became hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. And Spurgeon comments on verse 19. Seeing a lone fig tree by the road, he went up to it and found nothing on it except leaves. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. At once the fig tree withered. The blighted fig tree was a singularly apt simile of the Jewish state. The nation had promised great things to God, and when all the other nations were like trees without leaves, making no profession of allegiance to the true God, the Jewish nation was covered with the leafage of abundant religious profession. Scribes, Pharisees, priests, and elders of the people were all sticklers for the letter of the law and boasted of being worshippers of the one God. They were a fig tree in full leaf. But there was no fruit, for the people were neither holy, nor just, nor true, nor faithful toward God, nor loving to their neighbor. Our Lord had looked into the temple and had found the house of prayer to be a den of thieves. He condemned the Jewish assembly to remain a lifeless, fruitless thing, and it was so. The synagogue remained open, but its teaching became a dead form. Christ did not destroy the religious organization of the Jew. He left them as they were, but they withered away from the root till the Romans came and with the axes of their legions cleared away the fruitless trunk. And back to Matthew verse 20. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither at once? And Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. And when he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Jesus answered them, I will also ask you one question. And if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, from where did it come? From heaven or from man? And they discussed it among themselves, saying, 
If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. What do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterward he changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, The first. And Jesus said to them, Truly, I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him, and even when you saw it, you did not afterward change your minds and believe him. Hear another parable. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season for fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and have his inheritance. And they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. When therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits. And the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them. And although they were seeking to arrest him, they feared the crowds, because they held him to be a prophet. And that's the end of today's reading in the book of Matthew. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the Charles Spurgeon Study Bible, as well as today's cigar. Also, Groundworks Ministries for daily Bible studies and devotionals. Treats and Truth Ministry, where you can get involved in helping to spread the gospel to and be a blessing to the homeless. And the Burning Bush Merchandise Store, where you can pick up some items to help spread the word about the show. If you know anyone who needs to hear this, please let them know about the podcast and help share the message of the Bible, the hope we have in Yeshua Messiah, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me at steve at theburningbushpodcast.com, which is linked in the show notes as well. So until next time, have a great day 
Have a great cigar, and God bless.